that is found on remnantseedministries.org. So we thank God for all of you all present today, and we ask that you all would join us at this time for a word of prayer so the Lord may bless us again with his spirit. Our Heavenly Father, again in the name of Jesus, we bow to you this morning, thanking you so much, Lord, for the blessings you've bestowed upon us already. We thank you for your word, and we ask as we open it, Lord, that we would learn, that we would understand, Lord, that we would not be swayed, tossed to and fro, but we would stand upon that rock, Lord, which is Christ Jesus. Bless those all over the world who are honoring you as the only true and living God. We ask that you would bless wherever they may be. Bless the cathedrals, bless the meetings that two or three are gathered. We ask that your spirit be found in the midst of them, Lord, that your word may be preached and your people may obey. And please forgive us for the sins we've committed against you. And in the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. <coughs> Happy Sabbath. Happy Missing a few? Well, we got a few. So we're going to go with the few we got. Amen. We praise the Lord this morning. We thank him for explaining things to us, for giving us his spirit that we may understand that there is a difference between the good and the bad, that there is a lot of deception out here, but we need to stay close to our God so he may get us through. If you would turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 15. The Lord told us this morning, he entitled this particular sermon, he said, take the step. Take the step. And, and, of course, our minds were saying, oh, we don't go down this way. He said, no. <laughs> we need to talk about this today. And it's an encouraging sermon. We need to be encouraged. Because in a, in, in a land of darkness and gloom, we need some encouragement, don't we? We need a God to get us through this. And not just get us through this. What we always tell you, it's not about just survive. It's about thrive. It's time for his people to thrive. And to and, and be excited about God again, to be excited about what's coming and, 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 and what he's doing through us and with us. But we have to take the step. And oftentimes we get right there and don't take the step. And then we miss everything. So let's go, we would, to Second Chronicles chapter 15. We're going to be in here just for a minute. We're going to begin at verse 5, though, because it kind of describes what the, 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 the uh, environment was like, was like. And it might be familiar. But let's go to uh, uh, chapter uh, 15 of Second Chronicles, and we begin at verse 5. He said, In those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexation were upon all the inhabitants of the countries, and nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. That was what the circumstance was. That's what the environment was. God had vexed them. And there was a reason why God vexed them. Verse 3. Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God. When you're without the true God, <laughs> it's going to be a mess. And without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. See, the reason why the environment was so terrible is because God hadn't been there for a while. And the reason they weren't there, because they didn't have a teaching priest. That they didn't have the Spirit of God among them. And every time you don't have the Spirit of God among you, 
You're going to have nation against nation and city against city. And you're going to have the inhabitants afraid to go in and go out. You're going to have all these circumstances because the only thing that keeps that from being your reality is the presence of God. But oh, he said, when the people discovered why this was the problem, they called and they turned to God. And he, they were heard of God. Now, I want you to understand something. In times like these, we must turn and seek the Lord. Amen? Not just, most people just cry out to God. God help me, but they don't turn to him. They don't seek him. They just cry out. But God honors and will help those who realize what the problem is. And he, guess what? He'll turn to him. If we realize what the problem is and turn to him, he will hear us, won't he? And we know 2 Chronicles talks about if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, what will do? He said, I will hear from heaven, and I will do what? Heal their land, right? He didn't say if you cried out to me and left it there. There are things to do. You, we need to turn to God. We need to be seek God. We need to humble ourselves. We need to turn from our wicked way. Then will I hear from heaven. See, you can cry out. Everybody cries out. I've seen more people cry, Lord Jesus. And that's the first time they called his name in years. But they were about to hit a pole when they were driving. And so grandmama's voice came back in their head and they, they yelled, Jesus. It's more than crying, especially for people who are supposed to be God's people. We don't get away with that. We're supposed to be past the crying out phase. When we cry out, we should be seeking. Shouldn't we? And so God says, look, he will send a word of encouragement to remind us of his grace if we cry out in turn. And this is what he did in this chapter, 2 Chronicles 15. So let's go, if we would, let's go back up to verse 1. 2 Chronicles 15 and verse 1. He said, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa. And all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. While what? Ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Oh, that was some good news, because Asa was in the midst of this environment we just read about. And the whole nation was in this, this mess, and everything was haywire. But the priest came and said, the Lord said, I'm with you, as long as you're with me. He couldn't have been, man, it moved Asa. Because Asa was worried about what was going to happen. He didn't know God was there because God had been gone so long. But they turned to him and they sought his face. And so God was heard of them. And so he sent the priest to tell them, I'm with you. And as long as you are with me, I will be with you. But if you reject me, I will reject you. God is that kind of God. In verse 7 of the same book, says, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Whatever God told you that today, would that encourage you? Don't be weak, but what will happen? Your work shall be rewarded. What if, if God told you that today, would you be motivated? You'd be motivated to turn from what? From what? To turn to him and do what is right in his sight. That would motivate you, right? Guess what? He's talking this morning. Would it give you a boost? 
Would it, would, it, would it give you confidence to finally turn away from the sins of the past, from the foolishness that's found in your heart? Would it give you confidence to turn from those? Would it cause you to, 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 to be in the, to actually be a true believer? If God came and encouraged you and said, Isaiah, uh, I'm with you. And, and, and don't be weak. Uh, because what? Uh, 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 you, your work's going to be rewarded. If he, if he told you that, it, it, nothing would, y'all would jump up and down, wouldn't you? You'd be so happy you wouldn't know what to do. You would go forward with a new zeal, wouldn't you? Go down to verse 8. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took what? It boosted him. And then he did something else. See, it boosted him to do right and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the, the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. See, they had gotten so crazy that the, the house of God looked like the house of Satan. But God said, Asa, I'm with you. And so Asa got, Asa got encouraged, and Asa started seeking God following God. He started getting rid of the old things. He started getting rid of the evil ways. He was throwing stuff out of the temple left and right. Because why? He wanted to be right with God. And then he said what? Verse 9, and he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with him out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of uh, Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. See, the Most High gave Asa, Asa a boost because he needed one. He needed to know God was still there. He, had, he, he, sent, he sent a prophet to talk to him, to tell him, to encourage him. See, King Asa, move forward. King Asa, take the step. Because it's, it's a little nervous when the whole world or the whole nation is following a strange God and you're supposed to be standing for the true God. You get a little nervous about that. He said, oh, well, Lord, if I do that, they're going to hang me. He said, don't worry, I'm with you. And so what did he do? He didn't care what anybody else thought. He started removing this and started taking this. And he, started he said, look, man, we're going to walk the good in the right way. And what you going to do? Because he had what? God on his side. See, the Most High gave Asa a boost. He, he sent that prophet. See, the word caused him to take that step of faith. Some people call it leap of faith. It's not a leap. It's a step. When you leap, well, I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> I was going to leap. That would have been bad. Uh, it's not a big, long jump. It's a step. And this morning, he's telling you to take the step. Take the step of faith. Amen? And he said uh, uh, he needed, Asa needed to take that one step, and everything would turn around. Go to Exodus, if you would. See, the Lord requires that step. He requires that show of trust in him from us. And when he sees that trust from us in him, he will unlock the promises of God. But if you don't take that step, you don't unlock the gate. The window in heaven that, you know, is supposed to be flowing out a blessing, it stays closed. Because we have a part to play. We must take the step. Amen? Exodus 14. A step was taken. Exodus 14, we'll begin at verse 15. Exodus 14 and verse 15 says, 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they do what? Go forward. But lift up, but lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now that was the craziest thing anybody heard ever in life. But he said, you cried unto me, go forward. Tell them to go forward. Now forward seemed like certain death. Seemed like they were going to drown. Like, like they get on, you go down there, downtown here in Memphis and, and, and you get on the Mississippi River on, the, on, the, on, the, on the, uh, uh, the bank and somebody tells you to go forward. And you would say, you would probably say something else about going another place. He said, uh-uh. And he said, when I tell you to go forward, this is Moses, my prophet, my priest, my representative, this is what I need you to do. I need you to hold up your rod so they may go. Now, the rod didn't have any magic in it. The rod wasn't a big, you know, uh, leaf blower. It was just a tool that God was going to use to show who he was. He said, Moses, hold up your rod. Amen? Let's go down to verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry ground. And the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. See, it's just that simple. But it, it, they had to take that one step. They had to take the step. They had to go forward. And they, when they went forward, they had faith enough to go forward. Even when the, the, the eyes told them that, that going forward, we're going to run into a large sea. And anybody who knows anything about water, when it gets deep, you have a, you have a very good chance of drowning but a million people went forward and one man stretched his rod over the sea. Why? Because the God told him to. That Moses' step was holding the rod. Did it work? I bet that was an amazing day. Looking up walls of water on your left and walls of water on your right and you weren't in the mud. It was dry land because they had chariots, they had, they had animals. Could be stuck in the mud. It was dry, because God says, "You know, east wind. I, I run. I, I run you too. Blow all night." This is amazing what can happen for you if you take the step. That He can cause the east wind to dry your ground. Amen. See, when we turn to God and stop just crying out to God, but actually seek Him, guess what? He'll be found. And he'll find you. But we must be prepared to take the step. Uh, there is a required, there's, there's an action required on our part. And it's a step of faith. This step of faith, this step toward him, a willingness to obey him is the step that we must take. And we must show that by actually taking the step. Not conceptualizing, not intellectualizing, say yes, yeah, I know I need to have faith. No, you need to step. You need to walk. You think that, man, this apple is going to taste real good. You know, it's going to be good for me. But yet you just hold it in your hand. 
and starve to death with an apple in your hand. That would be kind of nutty, wouldn't it? But that's exactly what we're doing when we don't take the steps. We don't taste and see that he's good. We just, we just know he's good because we've been told he's good. We got the whole Bible that tells us all the stories about the people who knew he was good. But it's time for you to know for yourself. And you can't know unless you take the step. Acts chapter 9. There's a required action, y'all. We've got to take a step toward it. I always tell people, close your eyes and take a step. Because your eyes are open, too many distractions. You know, sometimes you just got to be still and say yes and, and take that step. Yeah, remember look, when you were a little child, well, you probably don't remember this, but people who have children, remember when they took their first step and they were looking at you and you had your hands out like this? Come on, you can do it, you can do it. And they took the step and they stepped and they walked. And they said, wow. Then I get so excited they fell down, but, but they've been walking ever since. They couldn't walk until they took the first step. That faith and that trust had to be in something. That faith and trust was in the person that was telling them to come on. There's a God telling you to come on. Take the step. Just take the step. I got you. You can do this. And you start walking, and you start getting excited, and you fall down. He says, okay, get back up. Take the step. Sometimes we get too excited. God says, take a step, and you start running. You're going to run in the arms of the devil. God said, take the step. And every step I tell you to take, take it. I always tell people, don't get ahead of the angels, right? We get ahead of the angels a whole lot. We, 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 we take the step and think that's the whole thing. The step is obedience. The step is faith. The rest is obedience. But we don't want to hear God tell us anymore because God gave us this experience, and that's it, that's it, that's the whole thing, and I can take it from here. Uh, no, son, no, daughter. That first step gets you moving in the right direction. It didn't tell you you were there already. And the enemy of souls is sitting right next to you taking that step. Say, yeah, go ahead and take it. Take another one. Don't it feel good? Take another one. And you get to moving and I'm walking. I'm walking. Praise the Lord. I'm walking. All of a sudden, I'm walking. I'm walking. And you drift on to the right. And you don't know how you got here. Why? Because you didn't. You stopped listening. Moses God told him to do one thing. And what did he do? He raises raised his rod. And it, 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 what happened Moses would have done that in the sea part and they, he started waving his thing. And it, what would have happened? Pharaoh and his host wouldn't be the only one drowned in the Red Sea. You better be prayerful. Acts chapter 9. Just be willing to receive. We're willing to take the step. Verse, nine, verse 6 of Acts 9, it says, and this was after Jesus had gotten somebody's attention. Uh, and kind of say, hey, man, I want to officially introduce myself to you. I'm Jesus. Who are you persecuting? How you doing? And uh, so the brother here in verse 6, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise. That's one thing. First step. And do what? Go into the city, and it shall be told you 
He told them, sorry, what thou must do. There were two steps he had to take. Get up, right, and go to the city. And it'll be told there. That's a big walk of faith. Because at this point, he was blind. The light had blinded him. And we'll see later on in the chapter that, that that's true. Okay? But God told him to, it'll be told you. So he asked a question, what should I do? He said, arise, go into the city, and it will be told to you. Now, any of us got that kind of patience or trust? This was a scholar. This was a man that had studied God, had studied law, the Torah. He had studied everything. And he had to humble himself before the mighty hand of God. And I love God the way he did it. God says, I'm not telling you anything because you'll get the big head. I'm going to stop talking that way to you. I'm going to have my servant talk to you. See, sometimes God will tell us something and then we think it's us. We think that Oh, that's how God's going to communicate with me. And God said, no, I told you that to get you started. God can be quiet for years. Know that. You won't hear him. But he'll say, servant, go talk to them. And if you are too up here to hear a servant, you won't hear from God. And that was a lesson that, that, that Saul of Tarsus had learned. He said, yeah, I'm going to talk to you, but you better respect the way I do things. When you take this step, it'll show me that you're willing to learn. Now, let's go, if we would, to verse 17. And Ananias, who was God's servant, went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, have sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. What does that tell you about Saul before he met Ananias? He was not filled with the Holy Ghost. But God chose him. See, we better get out of our heads some things. There's an order that only God sets. And he sets it on an individual basis. Everybody out here trying to get the Holy Ghost. First, Saul didn't have the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, there were baptized people all in the book of, uh, of Acts. <laughs> and they said, I ain't even heard of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> there were servants of the Most High God who had never even heard of the Holy Ghost. But they were doing the will of God. They didn't know that that spirit was kind of prompting them. You know, he kind of directed. That's why I tell people all the time, I said, be careful how you identify the Holy Ghost. You know, I think I, I talked to Antonio some years ago about this. Uh, we were talking about how do we determine if we got the Holy Ghost or not? Because, you know, well, you got to have the Holy Ghost, that means you're talking tongues and you run around the church. Well, did you read the Bible? The fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. So any of those gifts are the Holy Ghost. Y'all don't believe that. I don't care. The fruits of the Spirit are the Holy Ghost. Okay? I know everybody wants to speak in tongues. And that's not your gift sometimes. Is that all right with y'all? Yeah. All right. That's all right. You're going to be mad all your life. 
I never spoke in tongues. I guess I ain't the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but, well, okay, this, is, this is where it came from. The Pentecostal movement believes that. If you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Period. There is no exception. There is no difference. As if you can pinpoint God. I didn't say that there wasn't tongue speaking. I didn't say that. But I am telling you this. There's more to the Holy Ghost than you running your mouth. Did John's father have the Holy Ghost? John the Baptist? Oh, y'all don't know that story, do you? He worked in the temple, and he was struck dumb because he doubted God. But he still worked in the temple. He still was the father of the predecessor of Jesus. When you, when, you, when you can't speak, you can't speak in tongues. You know, it amazes me how we jump to conclusions without, just, just read. Anyway, let's keep going. Amen, amen, amen. He said that you might receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 18 says, And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been scales, and received the sight. He received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which are at Damascus. He took the step to meet Ananias, and there the blessings began to flow. That's the point. We see that? If he didn't take that step of faith to go see, go in the city, and it will be told to you, it would have never been told to him. And we would have been talking about somebody else as a vessel to the Gentiles. But he took the step of faith. A blind man, an arrogant man, a proud man, took the step of humility and faith, and God opened the window of heaven for him. And I know it's real because we still talk about him today. Please understand that. Take the step. The instruction of God, when he says step this way, step without fear. See, fear and apprehension sometimes paralyzes us. You know? It keeps us from talk, taking that step. We're afraid. It's like when we try something new. It, when we try so, sometimes we try something new, we're afraid because we're not sure about what we're doing and if it's going to come out right and uh, will it come out right and, and, and you know, <laughs> take the step. basketball there's a saying you will miss 100% of the shots you don't take of course Steve would say man because he ain't never missed a shot that he won't want to take <laughs> Steve will shoot the ball <laughs> so but you got to take the stop you got to take the shot you got to take the step if you're going to move forward you got to and God says stop being afraid stop being apprehensive I know it's new I'm here with you take the step Amen? See, the, the fear of the unknown can keep us locked into the prison of our current circumstance. We're not happy with the circumstance. Guess what? Be ready to take the step. Say, Lord, okay, you know this is a crazy environment. You know this is not conducive. I, help, you know, Lord, help me. I, I, I want to walk your way. He said, okay, here's your first step. Don't murmur. Don't complain. Don't be afraid. If he told you, guess where he is? He's already at the other side of that first step. Take the step. It's not a chance. 
It's a step. You know, somebody say, take a chance on God. You're not gambling with God. This is a true step. This is, a, this is foundation rock stuff you're standing on. Guaranteed. He said, take the step. Amen? I want you to be encouraged today, y'all. There is so much waiting on you on the other side of that step. There's so much blessed, so many blessings, so many wonderful experiences on the other side of that step. See, if you can get on that other side of that step, you're going to see something. Go to Psalm, if you would. Psalm 34. Is it dinner? Psalm 34. On the other side of this step, this is what you're going to find. This is what you're going to experience. Are we okay? Are we ready to take a step? I know it's difficult. I know you've never done it before. There's some things God is going to ask you to do that you ain't even heard of before. Take the step. Amen? Psalm 34. It's a song we sing. We're talking about singing songs today. And it says in verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that does what? Trust in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want in them that fear him. And then the rest of it, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. We need to understand it's that step. If you fear him, if you believe him, take the step. And we'll taste and see. See, that step sometimes, you know, sometimes that step will, 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 will look like certain death, y'all. I'm telling you this. Because carnality can't understand the spirit. And so it looks like the Red Sea to you. But if you close your eyes and take the step, I guarantee you it will, it will, it will part. It'll look like certain death, but God wants you to make it. It can only end up in eternal life. Every step God takes, takes you on is a step toward eternal life. Never death. God always says, go and live. Take the step toward life. Now, because it might look like death, Sometimes we get a little hesitant, but I want you to turn to Kings today, 1 Kings chapter 17. And I want you to see God in work, in, in, in action. He said, take the step. He said, I sent my servant to tell somebody something, and that person took the step and saw the greatness of God. Now, we know this. This was an old widow woman, Zarephath. Verse 10 of 1 Kings 17. So he arose, and I mean, not Zarephath, he went to the city, I'm sorry, Zarephath. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, and that, that was incredible there. We don't want to do it for nobody. This lady here was in distress, but she knew who Elijah was. She said, give the man of God something to drink. She was weak. Because, you know, it was a famine in the land. But what happened? She went and got it for him, didn't she? That's, that's, that speaks something of that lady's character. We might want to check in on that. And, and, and gather and, and I prayed thee in a little water. And verse 11 said, And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, a, a, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in, in, in thine hand. You know, why are you, why are you going to the water? You know, hook, hook me up with a piece of bread. It's been a long trip. You know, I'm a little, need a little something, something. Now, verse 12 said, And she 
said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. Let me ask you something. You ever been that poor? The answer is no. You've never been that poor. A handful of meal, and that's all you had? And you were going to look for some water and make you some hot water cornbread? One piece? Because all you had was water. Maybe you might have had some salt. You never know. That's all you had. And this is, she said, a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in the cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Because that was it, man. She was out looking for sticks. When's the last time you went out looking for sticks? Because you needed to heat up something. People, this lady was at the bottom of the barrel. But watch what she did. Because she understood, you know, if I take this step, God will heal. God will bless. And let's see what she did. Verse 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Now he just, now think about what he just said, because she just told him, I just got this little bit, we, me and my son going to split this cake, and then we're going to die. But the man of God said, fear not. Take the step. Now, we ain't there yet. They, she had just got instructions didn't she? Now, verse 14, he said, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Then she took a step. This is before any of this happened. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat how many days? Many days. She took the step. Nothing had happened before she took the step. She said, I will give this cake to the man of God before I give it to me and my son. How many mothers would do that? She took the step. She got encouraged because the man of God said, look, just do this. God's got this. God's the one who ordered the, 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 uh, the drought. By me. Elijah said, I don't want to say in three and a half years it's not going to rain. He said, don't worry about it. And not only did they eat a cake, everybody in our house ate cakes. And everybody in our house drank water. And everybody in our house did it for many days until, until it started raining again and so you could go ahead and, you know, grow your own stuff again. It happened because she took the step. Sometimes it looks like you're going to die. But when God says, make the step, make the step. Taking that step to follow the instruction of God may sometimes cause you to be tempted also to get into your feelings. Not only did you, did you see that, that it looks like you're going to die, but sometimes you'll get in your feelings. Because you, 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 you cause you to start questioning the balance. You know, what am I getting out of this, Lord? Go to Mark 10. Mark 10. See, these are all the experiences of people who, who had to make a choice to make the step. 
you'll probably have these experiences when you decide to make the step. It'll look like it's impossible, the Red Sea. It'll look like, like, uh, 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 like I, I, I have to humble myself to get the answer. That'll be your uh, Adonias experience. It'll look like you're going to die if you choose God and do what he says do, even though your mind tells you to do something else, even though you have made up your mind to do something else, and he tells you to change your mind. That's your Elijah experience. That's your widow woman experience. This one is your get-in-your-feelings experience because we all got some feelings in here. We're the most feelingest people I've ever seen in my life. Get in your feelings in a minute about God. Any merciful? Mark 10. Let's start at verse 28. Mark 10 and verse 28. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, <laughs> we have left all and have followed thee. See, they took the step, but now they're wondering about the step. We left all to follow you. But Peter was saying, where that? We gave up everything. Where's the return? You know, Peter always ran his mouth. The one thing about Peter, Peter was, you never had to worry about what Peter was thinking. Because Peter would let you know what he was thinking. Wrong or right, Peter was going to say something. But he was the one, because everybody was feeling like that, but Peter was the only one bold enough to say it. So God checked him a little bit. He said, okay, now, you mean, I, know, I know you took the step from me. Amen. But let me tell you about the step you took in verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. So he said, look, man, you took the step. I appreciate you taking the step, but I need you to know something about this step. Don't come to me and act like this step was a burden to you. But he shall receive a hundredfold. Is that a good, that a good return on investment? He said, you'll receive a hundredfold now in this time, right? And then he started naming. He said, okay, houses, all the stuff you said you gave up. He said, I'll give you a hundredfold in houses, in brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands. With, with persecutions, and in the world to come, I'll give you something else. I'll give you eternal life. That's why you took the step, son. Stop being in your feelings about it. I gave it all up for you, Lord. What did you give me? Lord's so kind. Because I'd have a whole different conversation for you. What did you give up? Dust? What's your little piddly little existence? For all of what I am? You took one step to me, and I gave you me. Think about that. I gave you me. The Father gave you the Son. And all that comes with it. Stop being in your feelings about what he asked you to do. Got quiet, Mike. See, we the feeling church. We get in our feelings a lot. People don't come to church for six weeks because they ain't they feeling. Come on. Take the step. And when you take the step, keep stepping. Be joyful when you take the step. Be happy when you take the step. Even if it looks like you're going to die, say, thank you, Lord. Go make that bread, man. 
I just came to church. I, I just, uh, you know, the Lord put on my heart to, to put my last $20 in, in, the, in, the, in the offering box. And, 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 and I'm happy to do so. Get home, there's a $20,000 check in your mailbox. Oh, y'all be dancing for joy then, wouldn't you? Let me tell you something about God. If you need it, that's what will happen. But guess what? You don't take the step, you don't get anything. How many people have had that kind of experience? I did what he told me to do. And wow, the window of heaven did open. And there was a blessing I didn't have room to receive. But you know, those blessings only come with those who take the step. And you, Israel, are supposed to know that it's stepping time. Turn to Genesis, if you would. See, it's called a step of faith. Abram, he took a step, didn't he? He took a step, and he, it, 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 think about it. Abraham was pretty set. He was generationally set. Heritage set, lineage set. When I say set, I don't mean, you know, they got a job. I'm talking about these people were set. <laughs> but there was a step to take because he had something bigger to give Abram. He had another mission for Abram. Abram was doing all right where he was, but God says in verse 1 of 12 of Genesis, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, step, and from thy kindred, step, and from thy father's house, step, and, the, and, and to a land that I will show thee. Huge step. See, Lanias, he didn't say into this land over here. He didn't say, I'm going to show you, I, I'll take, I want you to go to the land of the Jebusites. Because that's a location, right? That's a geographical spot. He didn't tell him that. He said, what I'm doing with you is going to be based on faith. So the first thing you do must be a massive step of faith. And then he said, verse 2, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will what? Bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Think about this step. All he had to do was leave his father's house, and all of a sudden he's the father of many nations. So you gotta have some kind of belief in that. Because if he told you all that, not stop it. If he told some people that, they'd never leave the house. Because that's too big of a vision. That's too, I can't, I don't have a child. That's too much to conceive. How am I going to be a father of many nations and I don't even have a child? But you know what Abram did? Let's see what he did. Verse 4, so Abram departed. He stepped. As the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. He stepped at 75. He was seasoned, wasn't he? He was experienced, wasn't he? But God says, there's a new one I have to give you. Take the step. And guess what happened? He left. He took the step. Did Abram become a father of many nations? Did he say all nations be blessed through Abraham? All nations. China. Spain. New Zealand. Even old raggedy USA. Every nation was blessed because of Abraham's obedience. The blessing came through Abraham. 
That's big, isn't it? Only because he took a step. And if you read the history of Abram, he had some steps to take. But if he didn't take this step, we wouldn't be reading about him, would he? Do you want your names written in the book of life? Take the step. Because if you don't take that step, he's going to take your name out of that book. And no one in history will know who you are. There'll be through eternity, you would never existed because you didn't take the step. You got thrown over there with the rest of the people who were afraid, who believed more in themselves than they did in God. Abram took the step. See, the step of faith will always bring the promise of God, y'all. Matthew 4. Come on, we're going to finish up. Matthew chapter 4. Well, eventually we're going to finish, I promise, we're going to finish by God's grace. Matthew 4. See, the step of faith will always bring the promise of God. There were 12 men that God was picking. And it's amazing the way he started the picking. Now let's look at this. Matthew chapter 4, beginning verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were what? I love this. He, never, he didn't pick any bombs. All of them were working. All of them had some skill. He said, oh, that, I need somebody who's used to working. I didn't pick nobody collecting unemployment. We got things to do, man. We, this is going to be a movement. So I need somebody who knows how to move. And so they were fishing, right? Family business, correct? Now, let's see what happened. In verse 19, and he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. They straightway did what? Yeah. Took the step. That's a big step too. What else did he do? Verse 21, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. These were step-taking brothers. We still talk about them today, don't we? So was it a good deal? Did, was it pay, did, it, did it pay off to them? Did it pay for us because they took a step? God is waiting on you to take a step, y'all. There's more work to be done. The disciples did their job. Abram did his job. Elijah did his job. The widow woman did her job. It's time for us to do our job. But we can't do a job if we don't take the step. Amen? See, the step begins with a decision to believe. You can't step when you don't believe. Abram, if he didn't believe the voice of God, he wasn't going anywhere. See, are God's promises true? Does he care? Will he care? Uh, uh, uh. The answer, of course, is yes. He cares. He's going to care. And, and, and the greatest step toward the Father was made by the Son. Let's finish up with this step. Let's go to the book of Philippians. The greatest step ever made was by the Son. We are, we're going to really feel ashamed after we read this, why we wouldn't take a step that he told us to take. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, 
let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him a form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. What a step to take. Let me leave the throne of heaven and take the step to be a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's a step. The creator of the wood that they made the cross out of. The creator of the, of the iron that they made the nail out of. He humbled himself and did what? The death of the cross. Wherefore God also <laughs> hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a step. But he had a mind. And he's asking you to have the mind of Christ today. Christ had a mind to take the step. Whatever step it took to save us, he took it in faith. On that cross, he asked, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? But he said, ah, got to go through it. It's the step. My faith is in my Father. It was his faith in his Father that let him lie down and let them nail him to that cross. Knowing he could speak a word and start earth all over again. <laughs> he could have canceled the existence of mankind. The planet, if he just wanted to, to get up and say, earth, disappear. But he didn't, did he? Because he took the step. The faith. He believed in his father that if I die, I will rise again. And more than that, when I rise again, guess what? Mankind can be saved. That's the step I'm going to take, Father. What step are you going to take? That step of faith. Take the step. Take the step, whatever it is. When he tells you to take that step, take it. Don't let fear keep you from your blessing. Don't let apprehension keep you from your progress. Don't let the devil keep you from eternal life. Step toward God. Have faith in that step. Read what we read today. If you didn't write the scriptures down, tomorrow look on the internet <laughs> and read, write it, look at it, write it down. Look at the steps these people took. Remember the widow woman. Remember her. That was an amazing account. I got a handful of meal and a little oil. How many people could, if you were hungry and you made your little cake about that big, what would that do to you? For two people, you'd be mad. They'd just make, it, make you mad enough to die. Oh, but she took that first step. The man of God said, give him one. She believed in the God that Elijah served. She knew Elijah was a man of God. And back then, a man of God was a representative, a true representative of God. So they understood that if a man of God said something, guess who was speaking? It's unfortunate these days, people who put their they little necklace on, put their bishop collars on, walk around with robes on, and call themselves men of God. 
that have deceived a lot of people. But let me tell you something. God still has people that are his representatives. And don't let the devil trick you out of one of them. See, because a man of God will make you mad. Y'all believe that? <laughs> man of God make you say, I ain't coming to church no more. Mm, he going to say, mm, I don't want to do that. We, we talked last night. There's some things we got to do. Isn't that right, brother? That's the things we got to stop doing. Isn't that right, brothers? Now, anybody get mad? No. Why? It was step-taking time. Those who don't want to take the step, they get a little irritated. And you know what? That's a good thing. Because if you wasn't irritated, you wouldn't do anything. It's like the story about the dog, the dog on the porch, laying on a nail. And he just kept... So two men were saying, he said, man, one of the guys said, the dog laying on a nail. It ain't bothering him long. When it bothers him enough, he'll get up. So sometimes a man of God got to be that nail on the porch. You know, they make you move. They make you, at least make you get mad and figure out something. So, amen. Take the step that God tells you to take with joy, with confidence, no fear. I don't care what it is. See, God will do it in a small way. In a small way, he'll tell you to do something. Try this. Even, it might even be, brothers and sisters, it might even be in the kitchen. He might tell you to try to make this. Some people can't even boil water. But he'll say, try to make this. Here's a recipe, make this. And you'll say, okay, Lord, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but let's do it. And all through the process of faith, see, the first thing you had to do was go to the store. Why? Because there were some ingredients on that list, some ingredients you never heard of. Anybody ever made some that you had to buy an ingredient that you had never heard of before? You're like, what is that? <laughs> but you go. Why? Because you took the step. And then you, you, you got to the store, you got all your stuff, and you came back home and, and oh, I got to go buy a pot. So you go back out and, 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 and get, to, get to that. And then you, you, you're ready to go, and, and, you, and you start, okay, oh, measuring cup. Ah, okay, you get all the stuff ready. See, all the steps that you're taking because you took the step to say, yes, Lord. And all the things you gathered in the process and all the lessons that you learned in it. And then if you went by the instructions, you got whatever the dish was. And guess what? No one could tell you not to step again. Do you see that? The next step is not going to be so fearful. Sister Shaw was bringing that out this morning in, in, in the Christian walk segment. When you listen to the Holy Ghost the first time, it makes it easier the second time. It makes it easier the third time. You stop resisting and you start embracing. And so that's the same thing with faith. The first step is a hard step. The second step seems to be difficult. But by the 10th and the 15th step, you walk in. And you're looking for God's, what's the next step? Take the step. Amen? Let's have a word of prayer.
Our Father and our God, we thank you again, Lord, for the step. Oh, your word is so full of people who weren't afraid, who said, yes, Lord, and moved on your command. Father, give us ear to hear your command, that we may step when you tell us to step. Lord, let us know that there's an imposter out here that's telling us to do the same thing. Father, forgive us for following that enemy. Give us an ear to hear your voice and obey your command. And oh, we're going to be a stepping people. We shall step, and step by step, we'll get to that promised land. And guess what, Lord? While we are walking, we'll be testifying. We'll be gathering. We'll be witnessing. So others may take those steps as well. Help us to this end is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen.